This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Well, we have seen a list of musicians who have decided for business reasons that they did not want to perform at President-elect Donald Trump's inaugural party. This started with Andrea Bocelli, who received such a backlash from fans that the opera singer decided it was not best to back, that it was best to back out. Last week came word that Jennifer Holiday was also not going to perform. And this rebuke by the public has had an impact all the way down to the state inaugural parties as well. But now comes word that this battle has taken a unique twist as the fashion industry is now wondering whether or not it should be outfitting both Melania and Ivanka Trump for the festivities. To discuss what's happening here, we uh, welcome in Robin Givhan, who is a Washington Post fashion critic, and then also joining you here in the studio, Denise Dahlhoff, research director for the Baker Retailing Center here at the Wharton School. Denise, great to see you. Thanks, Thanks for coming for in. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Robin, great to have you joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, uh, it, Talk, I guess, at the outset a little bit about the, just kind of the back and forth that you were hearing from uh, people in the fashion industry about whether or not they actually should be uh, uh, should be uh, taking care of the first lady and Ivanka Trump for the for the inaugural. Yeah, I think in some ways it's it pertains a little bit more to Melania Trump in the sense that traditionally the gown that she wears to the inaugural balls ends up at the National Museum of American History. So there is this um, kind of resonance to that dress um, because of because of that connection. But for a lot of fashion designers, you know, it is a debate for them because they are trying to decide whether or not um, working with her on a gown um, is tacit approval of the administration, whether or not it's simply an acknowledgement of the role of First Lady and the history of the occasion. And, you know, one, at least one designer, uh, Sophie Tiale, wrote an open letter saying that she would not dress the First Lady and did not want to associate herself with her and took it as a sort of, of, of a, a moral stance. You mentioned about this being a ceremonial, uh, uh, ceremonial piece to the uh, to the inaugural uh, every four years, and for I would think many designers, uh, it can be very well a way to to be able to get on the proverbial map. Correct. Oh, absolutely. You know, in the past, um, or I should say before Mrs. Obama, the dress tended to be either created um, in the recent past by the incoming First Lady's um, hometown dressmaker and uh, also Oscar de la Renta, who was a big favorite. But with Mrs. Obama, you started to have introduced really lesser-known designers, designers who are at the very beginning of their career um, for the inaugural gown and then other sort of state dinner dresses and so on. And for them, it really put them on the map. It put them into the public consciousness. And as one of them said to me, you know, it certainly gave them an uptick in sales for specific looks, but more importantly, it gave them a really profound place at 
the the table at the com in the conversation mm-hmm. about fashion, about diversity in fashion, about what it means to be a small business owner. It gave them a place at the table long before they would have been able to claim one. But something like this is unique, I guess, because we really haven't seen this type of a back and forth uh, between designers. Obviously, as I mentioned uh, at the top, we're seeing it uh, between people and, and musicians. But this is really a first for this, is it not, Robin? It really is, as far I mean, in, in, as far as I can remember. I mean, typically, it doesn't really matter whether or not the incoming administration is Democratic or Republican. Uh, designers simply, you know, said, "Sure, we're you know we're happy to dress the first lady." Right. You know, a case in point: Oscar de la Renta did inaugural gowns for both Laura Bush and Hillary Clinton. This is really particular to this administration and to the campaign and the policies that are associated with Donald Trump. I guess this is interesting these from the perspective from the retail perspective in that uh, uh, what we're talking about here are for the most part individual designers. They're not necessarily linked to major retail companies, but that being said, I, I would think the retail companies are are watching this as well. Most definitely they are watching this. And we have seen the debates about Ivanka's Trump line being in certain stores and some customers even asking for a boycott of Ivanka Trump's line, which uh, Robin said it's more actually about the first lady right now, although Ivanka is, of course, a a very close associate and Mm -hmm. um, may be involved in the administration. But what remains to be seen is how this all is going to play out. Of course, many designers have voiced their opinion now, either for or against, or some have kept like an in-between sort of stance. But let's see how this all develops and maybe this will evolve over time. But it doesn't seem like, Robin, we're, we would be seeing the same type of backlash, like as we mentioned, as somebody like an Andrea Bocelli uh, mm-hmm. would see, correct? No, I mean, it's a, it's a different situation. I mean, for them, for the designers, um, I think it's, it is more a matter of their own personal beliefs, although certainly... Um, you know, if they decided to do something special, they could receive a backlash from their customers. But I think what really is the distinction here is that, you know, the designers are not selling directly to a customer. They're selling to a retailer. And anyone can go into a retailer and buy whether or not it's it's Calvin Klein or Derek Lamb or what whoever that designer might be. Mm-hmm. So they're not refusing service per se. They're continuing to sell their garments to retailers. For this particular occasion, it would be a one-off. It would be a one-of-a-kind piece, something that is not part of their day-to-day. So essentially what they're saying is that you know, we don't want to go out of our way to create something special. But Mrs. Trump is certainly free to walk into any store and buy whatever it is she wants to wear. Uh, but even then, a designer might have an opinion. Like many have said, you know, I wouldn't, you know, mind if she walked into my store and bought something. But they might still have an opinion whether they want to associate their brand with that specific person. In fact, I think it was Tom Ford who was offered an opportunity to dress Melania Trump years ago. And he refused because he thinks that she doesn't fit the image of his brand. So right. he, he declined. So there might still be, you know, they might be open to it. But 
maybe their customer base wouldn't like it, and so they w might take a stance then. Or simply refrain from offering up an Instagram or a tweet saying enthusiastically that she's <laughs> wearing something that they created that she bought at Saks Fifth Avenue or Nordstrom or something like that. But isn't it isn't it uh, a, a norm? And uh, Robin, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm -hmm. that the dress that usually that the first lady wears on that night, uh, or you know, other clothing that she may wear tends to end up being replicated, maybe not in, in the exact replica, but it, it, it very close to it. And it is marketed by retailers in, a, in other locations. Well, that tends to happen more so with, you know, the gowns that celebrities wear to the Oscars. Okay. Very famously, um, you know, retailers will knock off uh, red carpet dresses and they'll turn up uh, at, in prom shops and things like that. With the inaugural gown, there's much less of sort of knocking it off, it's, it's, it's much more that the gown goes into a museum and it's that the designer of that gown's profile is raised exponentially because that dress typically appears on the front page of every newspaper. It appears in, you know, on television. I mean, mm -hmm. for one night, it is the dress that everyone's looking at. We are joined on the phone by Robin Givon, who is a fashion critic for The Washington Post. And joining me here in studio, Denise Dahlhoff of the Baker Retailing Center here at the Wharton School. We're talking about what is a rather unique kind of political battle going back and forth within the fashion industry over whether or not certain designers are saying that, yes, they would or no, they would not uh, outfit uh, Melania Trump and potentially Ivanka Trump for the inaugural parties. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Uh, in terms of, Robin, of what we do or do not know, have Melania and, and Ivanka Trump reached some sort of agreement with a designer for their dresses for the uh, for the inauguration? As far as I know, they have not. I mean, what I the the little bit of information that is trickling from Trump land um, is that it's for her for Melania Trump. It's intended to be a surprise, right? And in that way, it would sort of follow the the rule of thumb with the Obama administration, and no one really knew what Mrs. Obama was going to wear until she appeared. And you know, and I would just also say that I think in some ways this would not have become quite the issue it had it has for the fashion industry were we not coming out of an era in which the industry was so closely aligned with a first lady who very enthusiastically supported a wide range of designers and we all started to say oh i wonder what she's wearing and what it means i mean i think that the interest in the inaugural wardrobe has also risen significantly because of that. So it's taken uh, that, that that wardrobe almost to like the uh, the Oscars or or some sort of show like that. I would say close. I mean, you know, before with um, Mrs. Bush with with Hillary Clinton, there was interest in the dress, but there there wasn't this kind of feeling that it was deeply meaningful. Right. Uh, the other interesting piece to bring up here is, is, as we kind of alluded to before, is Ivanka Trump has her own line of clothing uh, and shoes. Uh, Donald Trump has his own line of ties. So the question I think a, a lot of 
people would ask of retailers is what are they going to do, Denise, with those clothing lines, considering the fact, especially Donald Trump, that he is now the president of the United States. And for, you know, to a degree, he would be receiving some sort of compensation from the sale of his ties. Well, it's a difficult question that every retailer, I guess, has to answer for themselves. I know that Macy's early on pulled the Donald Trump lines from their stores after he made the first derogatory comment about Mexican immigrants. Right. So um, I know of that case. I, I guess every retailer has to see, you know, whether how their customers might feel about it, what they hear from them. But I think that Ivanka Trump actually enjoys some popularity with some women. And I don't know whether her customers would actually start boycotting her. It depends on how it all plays out and how much she will be aligned with the Trump administration. And we have to see what the policies are to begin with. Robin? Yeah, I mean, there is that online movement, um, Grab Your Wallet, I believe, um, in which there is a you know, a, a running list of retailers that support um, both Donald Trump and Ivanka Trump um, th- and uh, call to boycott those retailers. Um, so I think for a significant portion of the population, those things are of deep concern and they probably will pull back. And But I, but I think that there's also, you know, an equal, probably an equal number of people who are even that much more enthusiastic mm-hmm. about a retailer because they perhaps carry the Ivanka Trump line. I, I think she remains still in this sort of gray area because she hasn't taken on a formal role uh, with the administration, and uh, I think people are still trying to get a sense of what she will really mean going forward. And one of the retailers on that list, uh, Nordstrom's, they have actually taken a stance because they were called on to delist the Ivanka Trump line, but they have said, you know, we have customers that actually like the brand, so we'll we'll keep it. So I guess every retailer has to see how it shakes out for them. I'm guessing, though, that this isn't anything realistically new in terms of the relationship between retail and its customers. If a celebrity has a line of clothing or whatever the item may be, and that person gets into some sort of trouble, then the retailer does make that call uh, of saying, "Okay, we need to pull this stuff for a while to let the heat die down to a degree. Correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. You see it with all the endorsements, you know, all the sponsored athletes that have yeah. gotten, you know, have done doping and, you know, the, the brand has to, to decide whether they want to continue that relationship. And typically all these endorsements are so f- carefully done. Like look at, for example, Under Armour, who every brand tries to find the right spokesperson for them that represents yeah. the values of the brand. So, um, so it will be interesting to actually see. What was the impact, Robin, uh, uh, with the designer that worked with Mrs. Obama on her dress? What was the impact on her, on her business, uh, if you happen to know? Well, the first inaugural gown was created by Jason Wu, who at that uh, particular time was still in his early 20s, and his business was maybe a year, year and a half old. And, you know, to say that he went from, you know, zero to 100 miles an hour would be an understatement. I mean, suddenly this guy who was, you know, sort of known within the fashion industry 
is suddenly now a household name. And, you know, he very wisely had some very smart business backing. And so he was able to really take advantage of that attention. He was able to grow his business in a way that really made sense and he didn't overexpand. And I would say that he has really been able to reap the benefits of that kind of exposure. Um, But there have also been cases where, you know, designers have been thrust into that kind of spotlight and they just haven't had the structure surrounding them in order to make the best of it and have found themselves really floundering, just overwhelmed by the publicity, by, you know, this desire to get the merchandise out there and not Mm -hmm. having the finances to produce it. You uh, brought up uh, the point in in, uh, your writing about this uh, that, you know, Melania may not necessarily need to be the focus of this. But then again, you know, she is she is married to Donald Trump and being the uh, getting ready to be the first lady of the United States. So whether or not she actually deserves to be in this, she's in it. She is. And, you know, it may be that the day after inauguration, she makes a beeline back to New York and, you know, we don't see her again for months. But at least on this particular day, just tradition holds that she is the one who is standing alongside him holding the Bible, or at least you know, as he's being sworn in, or at least standing there as he's being sworn in. She's the one who will you know, accompany him to those, the inaugural balls, and there will be that first dance. So she will be in the spotlight on the 20th. What happens after that, we don't really know, and the indication seems to be that she very well may retreat from it. Um, so, you know, this conversation may, in fact, you know, come to an end or it may shift fully to Ivanka. The interesting thing about Melania Trump is also that she's coming from the fashion world. I mean, she used to be a former model. So and the pictures that we have seen, you can always tell she's very well dressed, very, you know, sophisticated and elegant. So I think from that perspective, people might also just be curious what her, you know, personal preference is for dressing herself. But has it even surprised you a little bit, Denise, that there is this kind of uproar a little bit in the industry over this I mean, to a degree, maybe we're not surprised because of the uproar in general. But still, I mean, this is this is not something I think a lot of people would normally associate with a topic that would draw this type of of opinion from both sides, both sides of, well, I guess the the uh, the fashion aisle in this case. I think it actually ties really well into, you know, that brands are now standing for more than just the product. So people expect brands to have a stance and they're, you know, involved in the discussion about culture and society. You have all seen all the discussion about, you know, the healthcare laws like the Hobby Lobby or Chick-fil-A closing on Sundays or gay rights or whatever the discussion is that companies get involved in. So I think in this case, fashion companies take a stance. And, you know, with some populations, we always hear that millennials particularly like to for companies to take a stance on things and to be a good corporate citizen. Of course, we don't know what that means in the context of the Trump administration. But, uh, Robin, didn't uh, you in your reporting, uh, I guess, did Tommy Hilfiger or it was it was there was one well-known designer that did actually take a stand in favor of uh, of outfitting them, correct? Yeah, and Tommy Hilfiger said that he would be, you know, perfectly happy to uh, dress 
um, any of the Trump women, and that he thought it was essentially inappropriate for the industry to turn this into something political. Um, but I, I do think it's, you know, it's a reflection of the, the fact that, you know, the vast majority of fashion houses are not billion-dollar companies. Mm-hmm. You know, m- most of them are, by definition, small businesses. And for a lot of designers, um, not only is it certainly a matter of how the brand is represented, but I think there's also an element that is very personal because they are still very hands-on with their product. Uh, we're talking about fashion for the women's side here, but I mean, the men do have to wear, you know, usually wear tuxedos with ties and tails uh, during this. Oh, the men will go naked. (laughs) Oh, great. That's, that's the video we need to see. Uh, But I was going to ask you if, if you had had heard of any issues with, uh, you know, the people that would be uh, providing tuxedos for Donald Trump and, and Donnie and the, and the rest of the sons. Yeah, I mean, and and that's a really great point. I mean, that has been uh, a bit of radio silence on on that end. Um, I mean, certainly some of the brands that spoke up about not dressing Melania or dressing her also do menswear. I mean, Tommy Hilfiger does menswear. Tom Ford has a menswear line. So you could theoretically sort of extrapolate, um, you know, how they would feel um, about the men. But, but, you know, part of it is that, uh, you know, men can sort of fly under the radar under, in these circumstances because any one of them can, I am sure, pull a tuxedo from the back of their closet, and that's the end of the story. The designer that, that did Mrs. Obama's dress the last time I read in your article talked about her fashion uh, being a way of communicating her world vision. And and maybe we don't talk about it as much, but basically this comes down to the fact that these designers, just like any other American citizen, has the right to make the comment about you know their feelings in this situation. So the fact that these comments are actually being made should not be a surprise to anybody. I, I don't think it should be a surprise. I think you know people felt very strongly about uh, the outcome of this election. So I, I absolutely believe that they have the right to speak their mind, and if they do so through their uh, design work, then they should you know voice it in that manner. I don't think though that anyone has the right to discriminate. Right. Uh, you know, based on you know various reasons. But, and so I think it is important to to recognize that none of these designers are saying that they don't want to sell clothes to someone. They right. just don't want to do a favor. I guess this means then this is going to give you a little bit more work on uh, on Friday night for the uh, when the inaugural parties are are taking on. Now you got to do all this research to try and find out who uh, who the uh, Trumps are wearing that night. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I read today that Ralph Lauren seems to be the designer of choice for both Melania Trump and Donald Trump. So let's see whether that's actually right. going to be true. <laughs> well, Robin, we want to thank you and we wish you all the best this week. I'm sure it's going to be a, like everybody in Washington, D.C. It's going to be a busy week for you. It will be. But thank you very much. Thank you. Robin Givon of the uh, Washington Post. Denise, great to see you again. Thanks for join, joining us today. Thanks so much. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.